You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you can subscribe to my show, that'd be really great. We're on Riotcast Network now, so you could go to Riotcast.com, subscribe to my show. Uh, write a review. I love reviews. I need reviews. They're always great for the show. What else? You can be on my show. If you're interested in being on my show, I'm always getting listeners now emailing me. Uh, all you have to do is send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll have you on the show. This is a call and advice show where I give people my unprofessional advice or we just kind of talk about people's secret lives that they live or their interesting lives that they live. This is a guy, the guy I have on today, actually, his name is Wayne and uh he, I had posted an ad on Craigslist looking for people to come on my show and he emailed me and was like, I'm totally down and I have a lot of really good stories for you. And it turns out he did have a lot of good stories for me. This is a guy that was like, as he would say, living a very vanilla life when it comes to like sex and relationships. Um, and then at a very young age, a pretty young age, he got introduced to a totally like hardcore lifestyle and he's been sort of living that kind of lifestyle ever since. And he's had a lot of really interesting experiences uh, that most guys probably would just fantasize about. (laughs) But he's actually lived them. Some are funny. Some are interesting. Some are kind of drama filled. But, you know, all of it is definitely interesting. (laughs) I say that word way too much. And this isn't the first time I've noticed that about myself. But anyway, I'll try to get some synonyms for interesting. Um, Anyway, but I'm just going to be right back on with Wayne. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous. No, hey, Wayne, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you? Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm good. So, Wayne, let's get talking because I had posted an ad on Craigslist looking for people to call into my show, and you responded, and you were like, oh, I could either give your listeners advice and, you know, or I could, I have a lot of stories for you. And you had, like I like mentioned a lot of things Cass, that you could talk about as far as stories are concerned, because you've kind of been there, oh. done it all right. And started at a very young age, right? Oh yes. And bought the t-shirt for it too. Yeah. I started around um, 19 or 20. Actually, I got, uh, met this girl uh, back when I moved, I just moved from Florida up here to Massachusetts and, that Bible Belt transition, <laughs> so right? Uh, <laughs> and I, um, I had met this girl. It was online. I think it was through like a Yahoo chat room or somewhat. Mm-hmm. And we ended up meeting up, and uh, normal relationship wise, being extremely vanilla at the time. Uh, come to find out, right at the end of the night, you know, when things are starting to get heated, she's like, "Oh, I'm married." I'm like, oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's nice. Uh, does your husband know you're here? He's like, "Oh yeah, we're swingers." We're we're in this lifestyle, and it's totally cool and acceptable. And to me, you know, Mr. Vanilla Southern Boy here, mm-hmm. with my traditional values at first, I, I thought it was extremely, extremely hilarious and strange at the same time. But slowly but surely, she started bringing me to parties, um, and then it just shot from there. So you started, <laughs> so how old was she at the time? Like, do you remember how old she was at first? Oh, yeah, she was 38. And she was hot? Yeah, she was hot, too. And she's been doing it for... She had mentioned, like, she was 22. So that was, like, back in the 70s and the 80s, which that kind of thing back then, I mean, the whole 
sex craze of the 70s and whatnot and all that, you come to kind of like expect it. Yeah, don't you think? Like that's when they had words like hump and I don't know, I love like 70s words for sex. Like I don't know (laughs) why, but I love the word humping. Like I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, there was a lot of sex going on in the 70s, right? Yeah, and so usually when you when you come to think of like what swinging is now and everything uh-huh. else in the lifestyle it is to now, um, back then it would be probably more hush hush, but it wasn't so much. Uh-huh. But yeah, she was a uh, she was kind of like the relic there of the uh, of the lifestyle. <laughs> and so you got it on with her, and then when did you get introduced to her husband, and then the swinger parties? I'm assuming that just happened really fast. <laughs> the husband it was actually a really funny story. <laughs> So we had been doing this little thing where every weekend on a Saturday, husband would be home. That was that was strange at first. Mm-hmm. And we would go down to the basement and chill out, watch uh, our show at the time was actually Lost at the time. Mm-hmm. And we'd watch Lost and then fool around, whatnot. This, is, this has been going on for like a month. I want to say probably like the sixth or seventh time it's going on, we're in a basement. So you realize there's, there's little windows all around the, the basement. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I remember I was on top. We were going at it, going strong. I look up and all I see is a face and eyes. <laughs> so that's when I did. Oh my that's God, that's when I awesome. discovered uh, uh, what cuck, cucking was. <laughs> Cuckled so, it, right? What she, yeah. Well, what she wasn't telling me is the original intention was for me to be the bull in this whole situation, which <laughs> I, I, I never thought so. I probably couldn't wrap my head around it at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, that her husband gets pleasure from watching. So, oh my God, that um, whole time that face was in that window and you hadn't seen it before. Every every time too. And I looked up and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, there's somebody totally watching us. Oh my Lord. Um, and then um, that actually... Imagine it, it, what the neighbors was, thought if they looked out their window because he was probably like jerking oh, off too yeah. while he was watching you, don't yeah, you think? Because this... Because these lower basement windows is always like ground level, so I can only imagine he was on all fours with one dick in his hand, and then the other one just <laughs> spying in on his own house. Do you know what I mean? Because they knew <laughs> it was him. On his own house, yeah, beating it like it owes him money. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I was too vanilla to absorb that one, so it, it kind of spelt the end to, to that thing. But mm-hmm. uh, curiosity killed the cat. I started going to parties, um, and that's when I met. Uh, I'm not going to say her name and put her on blast there, but Glory Fox, the, the porn star. Yeah, you uh, put that in your email, star. and I Googled her. She's that huge. She's huge. Like, she's a BBW. Yeah. What is the hell does that stand for? Big, beautiful. What is that? Yeah, what is big, BBW? Beautiful women. Okay, she's yeah, a big, big, beautiful woman, right? Yeah, and in that little subgenre of porn, mm-hmm. it, it has like its own like queens and kings there. <laughs> and she, right. Uh huh. Yeah, she's one of the top. Uh, I think it's Bunny LaCruz. Uh, Glory Fox and a couple others are like the big name ones in that in that area. Yeah, and that's de- like then, uh, okay. Are you a BBW BB? What do they call men? BBMs? Like what the fuck is a what? What would they call a guy that's like really big? I you're you're touching on something really interesting. I don't know. As much as I've been like bumping, rubbing elbows with people in porn and stuff like that, yeah. I don't think they came up with one yet. They just call them fat guys. Yeah, they call them. Uh, well, no, the the a gay term is bear. So right. for a straight term for a big guy. Yeah, like girls who are chubby, chubby chasers. What? I think you should trademark this. Yeah, totally. BBMs. Like, why wouldn't they just be BBW, BBM? You could do it because that's the world you lived in. Like, after you, I don't, I'm assuming maybe because you also said you did porn and you were on a lot of porn sets. And I definitely want to talk about that. So, but let's start off with the Glory Fox girl. Is she the one that got you into the porn thing? Or did you meet her before she was doing that stuff? Oh, no, she was in the middle of it. So we're, we're talking and stuff. And I don't know how the first night this one slipped me, but by the second night she was like, oh, so so you're okay that I do modeling. Wait, but wait like, a second. My, 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 the reason why I brought up BBMs is I wanted to know if you were a BBM or you're just a regular guy that has sort of like a fetish for bigger women. Yeah, What's your that right there. Um, raised by uh, Southern, all the women down south, uh, moms and aunts and uncles. There's all bigger people. So I was naturally attracted to to bigger women. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Um, so I, you were me, into I'm it. I'm normal. I'm about 6'3 uh-huh. and about 200. Okay, cool. So you <laughs> see her at like one of these swingers parties? Mm-hmm. And we start talking and stuff like that. Really nice girl and everything else. Uh, didn't play that night, uh, but ended up going back. And we kept talking back and forth. And then we just started dating. And then I just started coming. 
coming along, you know, for the ride there. You mean um, to the into like to the porn to the sets of porn, and then eventually oh, you got you did porn, right? Uh, yeah, did a do doing a stand in uh, twice. But what does that mean, uh, stand in? Like, do you, were you like, are you like right. in the background as an extra, or you're like your your dick is in there and you're like fucking <laughs> someone? Like, what's it, what's a stand in on a porn set? So they're not really stand-ins on porn sets. So what happens is a lot of times you end up having people who just don't show up. And in this, in that kind of industry too, they're already paying for the set fees. They're already paying for the lighting guy to be there. They're mm-hmm. already paying buku bucks for everybody to come together at one point. Well, fortunately, for the most part, sometimes you have people that just no call, no show, don't show up. You know, um, this in particular happened to a male in a bikaki shoot which is perfect because now you're not really focusing so much on the men's face. All you need is the, the dicks and the load. That's right. all you need. Mm-hmm. And your shoot's done. So instead of losing out on a bunch of money, uh, I just went ahead and went, okay, cool. We're going to do this. <laughs> and did they, and because you were there cause she was your girlfriend and you were on set with her. Is yeah, that what I have already like, um, she uses the same people kind of again and again and again and again. Um, mostly you don't have the same people, uh, production companies and stuff like that they some people bounce around but fortunately enough i knew a couple of people there and they're like yeah let's go ahead pop right through and now was it easy for you to get turned on were you always at that like on that set getting like turned on because you're watching like your girl have sex and like you're into it or does it become one of those things where like when you're actually there it's like no big deal like it's like nothing's happening yeah it it is no big deal to me really it was like another day the office i mean when you if you've never been to an uh an event like um, throwing out a couple names like the art cinema in Hartford, uh, mm-hmm. where you have an open amount of just people all around you doing whatever. At first, when you introduce yourself into that kind of scene, it is going to like jaw drop you, and you are going to be a little bit kind of intimidated at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you expose yourself to that so much, it's pretty much another day at the office. Right. So you were just going there because you were her her boyfriend and you were like, she's like, come with me, baby. You didn't have a job or something. (laughs) Yeah, I had just moved. So I didn't really have anything to do Uh for a bunch of job apps. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to go with you. (laughs) But and now it didn't bother you at all. Right. Like, so I'm assuming when you're dating her, you guys are like fucking a lot of different people like together. Like you guys are swingers together. You and this uh, Glory Fox woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And what does that entail? Like, do you, are you bi or are you just like with women? And like, what about her? Uh, just women. Um, usually in, in relationships with me, mm-hmm. um, I, I really don't care for it at all. all care for what? For men? Really, and that, uh, just care about men having sex with her or her having sex with women. Oh, right. It's not your sex. thing. Cuckolding when, is not your yeah, thing. Yeah, when you, it's not my thing, but I'm more for her happiness in this sense of the word um so whatever makes her happy is great like all couples you have your ground rules like some some couples are funny with kissing some couples are funny with hugging some couples you know i've heard i've had different people yeah uh uh-huh totally you have a very like some of them like (laughs) just just, some of them have weird quirks yeah totally what that's what's just the thing that's like holding it together yeah, you because you also uh, said, and I'm like jumping around, but I'm going to make sure I try to stay focused here because you have a lot to say. Okay. Like that, you also had a lot of polyamorous relationships, and like what you just said, sort of touch upon that, right? So you've probably been in mm-hmm. all kinds of situations with different ground rules because with each person, right? Like comes each person's different sort of things that they could deal with or they could handle. Let's stick with Glory Fox because that's right. sort of the first person you met once you met her early on, right? Once you started, when you made the switch from being very like yeah, vanilla about, to like very the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. 21, like twenty one twenty. Right. And now was she somebody that you had Googled? Like, was it like, Oh my God, like I'm fucking somebody that I used to like jerk off to. Like, had you had known her from porn or no, this was like before the internet. Never seen her. Right. Never seen her on the internet. Never seen a porn. When she had mentioned, like I said, uh, the next day, Oh, were you okay with my modeling? I could be any other guy thing. I didn't check. Obviously I didn't check because I forgot because I'm a dude and that stuff just slips mine. And I just played around with it. I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 totally. That's cool. Right, but you you had it Googled. How old are you now, by the way? Just so I could get a timeline. How old are you now? 30. Oh, so this is only 10 years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, around 10 years ago. And uh, 
And the next line of text was, oh, so you don't mind if I do porn. And then I Googled it because I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, right. I really didn't look. <laughs> you, you busted me. You got me. Right. And, and then, then what then happened when, when you saw it? it? Yeah. When I seen it, too, it was, it was definitely interesting. I can tell you that. I, at first, the typical guy response, oh, yeah, I got a porn star. Da, 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 da. But the other side was like, oh, man. Because I don't know if you if, if you've ever googled it, and if not, I'll give you a spoiler alert. It's usually more than one person. Oh, that's her thing. She likes to fuck that's a lot of thing. guys, like gangbangs. Uh, I think two. I've seen her a couple. Of, she does a couple of them where mm-hmm. it's just one on one. But for the most part, uh, her later career, it's been more so uh, two two at a time. So were you like, oh fuck, like I'm never going to be alone with this bitch. Like I'm going to have to like you know cross swords with oh, some other yeah. guy constantly because yep. she obviously likes to fuck two guys at once. And was that true? Uh, no, I, I, that's what I learned because uh, normal people would look at porn stars and be like. That person's probably a nympho. She loves to have sex all the time. And that's when I learned about that line between people that are in the adult industry and their professional life versus their their regular life. And, and like what is the her, difference? Yeah. Yeah, her, she just has a switch. By, by daytime, she's just a normal girl working, going out, showing out with friends, <laughs> doing this, that, and the other, and then just like a switch. Boop. She wasn't into really much of uh, fetish wiser, I want to say. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the most part, uh, yeah. Uh, she never really asked for uh, two guys in the same room. Right, but she would, but you did just, meet her, though, at a swingers party, so it wasn't like she was totally, like, vanilla like outside of it, yeah. right? Because what was she doing right. at the stringers, swingers party, right? I mean, she was pretty yeah, open-minded mostly. sexually. Exactly. And most people are um, that attend those events. And very fairly that you get the newbies, unless you're being brought with somebody and you're kind of getting vetted into it, which is, for the most part, what happens at the Twitter uh, club. So now when you were dating her, did you guys, like, fuck other people a lot? Because you, you just sort of implied that, like, oh, she wasn't, like, this crazy sexual person maybe when you were dating her, but, like, yes. was she or no? Um, no. Yeah. We uh, didn't really get that one. Uh, we lasted for about eight months. Well, that's a, that's a, that's enough time to like either like you know have a lot of crazy experiences or not fuck that much yeah. at all. Like if she, you didn't fuck her a lot in eight months, then you know something's going exactly. on there. Exactly. That was that's what uh, happened. Yeah, no. You did it. We did. Uh, we never really had the experience with the third person. Oh, okay, uh, but you I, were I, fucking I'm, her I'm... regularly, though, right? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Very cool. regularly. <laughs> And you had um, good sex with her. I mean, did you guys go, did you continue to go to swingers parties because that's where you met and that's what you were both obviously into or did it become like a real relationship where you guys like stayed home and ate popcorn it, it, and then, you know, had sex exactly. and went to sleep? It ended up coming that one because in the beginning um, when I met her, uh, she was over here from Bakersfield uh-huh. uh, visiting. Uh, and that's where she hit the swingers club. Usually when you get into the fetish lifestyle, stuff like that, you end up uh, getting like an ear to the ground. You can go to another state and like talk to a couple of people or go, you know, crawl around the websites and you'll be able to find these clubs. And she ended up over in Rhode Island at one of those other ones. And uh, she was on vacation. So when she moved back, we still maintained communication, but it took a little while before uh, we did a couple of visits back and forth mm-hmm. and then eventually moved out there. So the first couple of uh, the months of the relationship there was kind of sporadic visits here and there, here and there, here and there. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Was that your first, like, bigger woman, like, your first BBW person? Or was that all you had fucked in your life because you were, like, before that you were living in the South where you said all the women are you huge? They yeah, kind of are. So, I did visit Southern State once, and I, exactly. I, I'm from New York so, City, so it's like everyone is so thin. Most of the people that I'm like, when I was there, I just couldn't believe how everybody was like just way bigger. And I mean, to me, I, I'm yeah. not saying anything's right or wrong or what are more attractive. You know, I mean, I think all different shapes are beautiful, but like it definitely is. There are way bigger people there, right? Yeah. Um, so the funny thing about like when you get high schools, and you know how like the hierarchy of high schools are all set uh-huh. up. Well, down south is still the same way, but the skinny girls get chillier, and then the the larger larger women they go to color guard, which is the flag twirling. 
So in high school, <laughs> that used to be mostly my girlfriends came from color guards. They were <laughs> the know, color guards? To get to know each other. Yeah, they're color guards. So by the time I hit senior year, it's like four or five color guard girls on the team with a new freshman being like, yo, stay away from Wayne. Ah. He just likes you because you're big. <laughs> I'm like, come on. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Can you, you guys graduate already? You're like cramping my style. Oh, my God. Hilarious. So you were always into it. I mean, that's not it's not even like a yeah. fetish thing. It's really what you prefer because it's like what you always have, have been with. Thick, thick thighs save lives. Thick lives save why, lives? Wait, what did you just yeah, say? Thick thighs. Yeah. Thick oh. thighs save lives. Thick lives saves. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh my god, hilarious! Oh, Whatever you could make a bumper sticker out of it. So, so right. how you last eight months with her, right? Why do you guys break up? Uh, she's an awesome, awesome, awesome girl, but she is very, very hard <laughs> to date. <laughs> she's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm just trying to speak volumes to those. Well, she was, was she a little happened. nuts? Like, was she a little bit, it's like, just, nuts? Maybe just a little, I don't know, maybe a little tad. Right, right. So <laughs> when you got close to her emotionally, like, her sort of shit was, like, probably triggered, and she you really saw how maybe oh, damaged she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, some people come with a lot of baggage. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Some, some more so than others, and sometimes you just, that baggage is really heavy. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, and I I don't believe that anything is 100%, right? It's not like you can't say 100% of people in porn are damaged people, right? Because there's no way you're, like, there, there's exactly. probably some people that are totally okay, and that's what they're doing for their reason. But I would say probably a lot of people, right, that, and women especially, you know, maybe that get into that business, do are damaged on some level, and that's why they're sort of maybe acting out sexually and then, you know, they figure they turn it into a sort of career <laughs> and get paid for it. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's the scary thing about, you know, becoming close yeah, you, to one, you know, instead of just, you know, maybe having sex. <laughs> oh yeah. Mostly the, um, the, the self-titled crazies ones that come in all tapped out are only in there for like maybe one or two, one or right. two times. But she she does it. But uh-huh. she's been doing it for years, and she's very successful. Like you said, she's that that queen. Like she's one of the biggest ones in that world, right? Oh uh, yeah, in that little uh, subgenre area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you uh, did. You were a stand-in yourself, like quote unquote stand-in. Like you just did a bukkake scene. Like you said, you just did porn a couple times when you were with her, right? Was that the extent of it, or did you do porn after her as well? Uh, we never got the facial shot. See. Uh, when porn shoots them, like, you have to get kind of, I think it's called SSD 2217. I, I don't remember the statue, but it, you got to go through the rigorous paperwork of it. Uh-huh. Like, especially if you're, if it's like a scene scene with a face, you need driver's license, face pictures, you know, you yeah, need to yeah. check all that little doodad. Um, and then, but, you know, I wanted to do it. I really did and make a career out of it, but that Q-tip hurt. What that do you Q-tip. mean that Q-tip hurt? You don't know about the Q-tip? No. How am I supposed to know about the Q-tip? Right. What the so, fuck is so the you ladies go in, yeah. you, you ladies go in for your pap smear and stuff, and you guys do your, your little doodads. Uh-huh. We get a Q-tip shoved in our dick. Oh, you mean in the tip? You mean to check for STDs? Yep. They do an STD panel. They shove a Q-tip into your dick, and then they pull it out. I don't know why. Like, oh, I don't have a dick, but I really it. think that that would hurt. Does that, like, hurt? Oh. oh, it doesn't hurt going in. Coming out, though. It, it's a different kind of pain. Let me tell you, I have a whole sleeve of tattoos up my arm and I will take another tattoo before I take a STD panel. <laughs> before you take I a will, Q-tip. <laughs> I will tattoo right on my butthole. I don't care that. Oh my God. Oh, that's uh, so interesting. Cause you know, I had like a guy on that was like into S and M. I taped him. I, I haven't aired him yet, but he yeah. said something about he liked, you know, he, he, let one girl like stick her nail in the tip and mm-hmm. i didn't th- i was like what who cares oh, like you know yeah, but i guess there's a, a lot of pain involved in that yeah uh pencils i've seen pencils in dicks i've seen like rods in them i've seen yeah some but you've Ooh, been into buddy. so how many std so you were just in two scenes like you did the bukkake thing right did you ever do anything else important uh we did i don't even know if it even got published i did a stitch here um, she was, I'm trying to remember which one it was. And we did a, a scene, but getting into that. 
So the woman comes on set. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up to a scene. Now imagine this. You set up for your equipment. You've got everything there. You set up. The woman shows up. The scene's getting ready. You're shooting the scene, right? And a guy comes over and says, hey, listen, I don't know how to say this, but there's something in there. Something so, in where? <laughs> exactly. So we're like, oh, where, where is it? It's in the pussy. I feel it. I, I, something's in there. So the director and the guy go back over there to go check on this girl and um, to see what's going on. Uh-huh. And she says she's on her period. Oh, so there's so a like, tampon oh. inside her. Oh, so they ask her what is inside there. Now, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I fisted somebody before, so I know the vagina is a stretchable object. Uh-huh. But you know those big sponges they use to like, wash cars with? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. She had squished it down to ball size, shoved it in her vagina. <laughs> it was going to do the scene even though she was on her period with a sponge <laughs> the size of two fists. Wait, was this, the person you're talking about right now, is this the girl, Glory Fox, that you're doing this scene with, or somebody totally different? Somebody totally different. It was a one-time shotter that never returned. Okay, but in this situation, did you sign up? Did you say, hey, like, I'm going to try to do porn, this is what I'm going to do, and you just, like, contacted somebody? Like, how did you wind up, like, in a scene, ready to fuck some girl? Like, how did that happen? Uh, that one was got to the point where I was going to go ahead and talk to um, the director at the time to go ahead and make the procedure for it. But that right there, that situation right there scared me completely out of it. Right. Okay. Because you decided, hey, this is what I want to do and I'm going to make it, you know, my job now. Right. That was after you had been to all those exactly. sets with that girl. And then after that and girl had all, that big sponge in her vagina, you're like, no fucking way. I'm never doing it. <laughs> yeah. She came to the set, too. and She was out of it. Like, she was on something else. And unfortunately, that's what you run into in that I kind know. of industry. I have a friend Especially. who does production, um, and sometimes he gets hired by this one guy who does porn stuff. And the same thing, like you said, a lot of times people don't show up. There's a lot of flakiness involved. Um, and the other thing that he said is that, you know, a lot of times the girls are really high on something. Yeah, and they come really, really, and that's unsafe for everybody in the room, not just her, but everybody else. Yeah, so you got out of that scene, right? But you were in the whole bondage scene as well, right? I mean, you just mentioned that you like had fisted somebody and stuff. Is that where that whole thing came in? Because you did mention uh, in your email as well that you were into the BDSM lifestyle too. Yeah, this is this is what it's evolved to now from, I want to say, 26 to now. It's more into the BDSM aspect of everything that I didn't even know existed. When did you, how did you tap it, into that? Like, I mean, I know how you I, got I into being a swinger. Uh huh. Yeah, I knew it was around because usually when you get swinger parties too, you will end up getting um, doms and subs in there too. And at first, I want to say about like 20, 21, I was not touching that stuff with a 10 foot pole. I didn't know, I understand why people liked it. I didn't, until it, it, you kind of have to like put yourself in their shoes. Well, how did you wind to, up in somebody else? How did you wind up in that world? Like, what was your, like, uh, how did that happen? That, that was a girlfriend. I, I got with a girlfriend that was into it, and she introduced me back, back, back in the day to FetLife. Ding, name drop. Love that site. Yeah, I've um, had a guy on talk about FetLife. And FetLife is spelled because people can't really understand. Because I know the first time, I'm like, what? Set life? What? It's like FetLife, F-E-T, right? Yeah, because <laughs> everybody's like, what are you talking about, fat life? I'm like, yeah, no, fat no, no, life, no. set life. I always <laughs> had to make him repeat it like a thousand times. Do you know what it stands for? Uh, fetish, like, right? It's short for fetish, fet life. Exactly. Okay, fet cool. Life is a fetish life. So she was into um, it, and how hardcore did you guys go? Uh, we went up to the spanking flogging, nine tails, cropping. What the um, fuck is nine and tails? A little, the little nine tails, using the nine tails. I don't know nine tails. The flogger. All right, so it's, a, it's just pretty much your standard flogger with uh, leather straps. Uh huh. And they call it a nine tails, and it's more of like a sting rather than anything else because when you whip it around, the leather flaps catch like this whiplash, and it ends up kind of like a light raking, but more so more for a sting. Well, let me ask you this. So the, you're dating this girl, right? And at some point, I mean, do you meet her in that whole world, right? So I'm assuming after you got into that world, most of your girlfriends were found at str- swingers parties and stuff. And that's why you had polyamorous relationships, right? Like you started to live in that world, right? Oh, yeah. And that's right. where you I dated. Had a of polyamorous relationships. And then 
went mono for about maybe two relationships. It was like, yeah, this is, now that you, you, you went there and you go back, you don't really, doesn't feel, you don't natural. really go back. Yeah. It's not natural anymore. Like I tried <laughs> afterwards. Like I, I want to go back to vanilla, man. Maybe this is not what I, what, I, what I'm all about. And it just didn't work. But let me ask you this with that girl, right? So you meet her like at a swingers party or someplace, right? So you know she's into like kinky shit, right? And you guys are having good sex. But like at what point does she tell you she's either, who's the dom and who's the submissive in the situation? Yeah, that was uh, date number two. We were actually at a Dunkin' Donuts having this conversation in front of like 12 people. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like monotone, low tone. I love that. You don't know how many times I've said on my podcast, like you don't, because I've had people meeting up with people to discuss really insane things like out in public. And I'm like, you know, nobody in that restaurant had any idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you gotta love them co-names. Yeah, those people in the corner, what they're, you'd never know. This is what real people are doing. That's like the whole point of my podcast, right? So, you know, in Dunkin' Donuts, you guys are there. And what is she saying to you? Uh, she's asking, uh, now that I'm, that we're dating, am I dominant? And I'm like, well, usually that kind of thing isn't like, uh, passing a note across the table in high school. Be like, will you be my girlfriend? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> that kind of stuff is more like an in-depth, more conversation. I had like somewhat soft knew about it, but after that I told her, I was like, listen, give me like 24 hours. I need to do some research. Uh-huh. <laughs> and went and did my research and then I came back and was like, yes, well, I'll go ahead and do this for you. Is this what makes you? Is this what makes your toes curl? Do I ask her? Right like, now, let me ask you this: rule. When you did the, your research, like, was it a turn on? And you're like, oh, like, I actually, now I actually could see why this would be hot. Like, I can't wait to like spank the shit out of this girl. Or was it still something like at that point that you didn't understand, but you were doing it just because she had asked you? It was a it was a turn on for me more so in a psychological aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That whole headspace is what intrigues the shit out of me. Isn't that what about. it's all about, though? Especially that. Because the S&M world, that's, I had a guy on the, the S&M, and I've, oh, I've had a lot of BDSM people on, right? The bondage people, mm-hmm. right? But the, just the yep. straight-up sadist and masochists is a whole different story, right? And I feel like the difference, I think he tried to explain this to me, there's a lot more mind control and stuff that like you're talking about in the BDSM world, right? Like there's a lot of that shit that goes down and that's a, a big part of the turn on as well. Besides yeah, the actual physical a, stuff, right? Yeah, you get into headspace and you get into all that and then like the coming down part after it and the giggles and all that stuff's a huge turn on, a huge turn on. So what did you guys do to like each other? Somebody. Yeah, so you, like how far did she like you to go? You said flogging and stuff. So, like, did you go to her house, like, like on the third date, and she, like, opened a door, and she just, like, had all this shit? Like, I mean, where was the floggers and all that stuff? Someone had to I have had to them, buy right? I from, from Tractor Supply Company and online. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was, she made you go supply. buy everything? <laughs> yeah, I had to go buy everything, too. And it's kind of funny, because I, I, I got an armful of tattoos and a big, bright red mohawk on my head, my side of my head shaved, and I'm walking in the Tractor Supply. Right. <laughs> Totally not fitting in at this point because it's full of farm equipment and seeds. And I'm going over to the horse tack aisle to get me a crop. Oh, my God. That's so hilarious. And so that's really where people buy their stuff. Well, yeah, you can hit up like normal everyday vanilla places like Tractor Supply Company because, they, like I said, they have horse products. So uh, you're, you can find your crops, your ropes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually if you want something a little bit more custom, uh, you just find somebody who makes it or a store online that does it. Right. If you can find somebody who actually crafts these things, it's way better. Mm-hmm. So the first time um, you went and got that and like, what did, like, what was your first Dom sub experience and how great that was, was it? Uh, that final night, that was, it was very interesting. Um, it took a little bit to get into it. I want to say, but by the first like three or four, listening to her moans and stuff, watching her body language, you know, normal everyday stuff. I figured out she loved this stuff. And I'm, like I said, my golden rule is whatever makes your toes curl, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's exactly what she liked. So I, I dove right into it. I seek advice anywhere I could because that's just what you do with stuff that you're not really familiar with, especially BDSM and stuff. If you're just this closed minded dominant that just is not going to take advice from anybody and you're the world's best, you're going to be the world's worst dom ever. <laughs> Because you're going to put people in unsafe situations. You're not going to be familiar with something. You're going to either use or do something that's hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Which is uh, why I'm that's why I'm hating Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I remember when I had my guy on, I had somebody on that talked about that. And, you know, he it was because of that. It was like I've been doing my podcast for a couple of years. It was when that movie was coming out and everyone was talking about it. I'm just like, why don't you talk about like the real shit that goes down? Because I would imagine I never read the book that, you know, it's probably very different than what was in that book because so many mainstream people loved it that I think if they like the real deal, probably a lot of people would. Yeah, probably a lot. And what I was really um, sort of interested in well, not really interested in because it was like kind of horrifying to me, but was surprised by was the fact that like in that world, there's a lot of like writing and essays and like a lot of homework that was involved. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Like I could never like there's a lot of like communication, right? Because that whole submissive thing from the dumb, like you want the like it's there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like I said, besides the actual sex that's going down. Exactly. There's a lot of prep work that needs to be done like even before that. Yeah, you're talking that like it's, you have to like get them like whipped to you in in mental ways, right? And there's like they have exactly. to write. You guys both need to be on the same wavelength because doing stuff like that is is really really intimate. It's mm-hmm. way more intimate than uh, I'll go out on a limb and say vanilla couples is way more there's way more intimacy and trust that goes in with that. Right, that's that what I was going to say. Need to be on those same page. So any stressing or anything that Wait, was on, in the on. middle of the breaking day, up anywhere. Any stress or anything that was in the middle of the day or anything that was bothering you, you need to like take a back seat and both of you guys need to be on a stressful, just level playing field. Now, was she a bigger girl too? BBW? Actually, she was my first skinny girl. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I'm glad I asked. Oh, yeah. Um, she usually, it's funny because everybody at work knows that I have like this 170 minimum rule. Uh, what is it? 170? Like 170. You got to have a thick thigh. If uh-huh. you don't have a thick thigh, I'm a really, I'm a leg guy, so I love legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and skinny little thighs, and it just goes straight down. It's just, I don't know, man. It's not my thing. Right, it doesn't do anything for you. But this girl, not did my. she have thick thighs and was skinny everywhere else? Or was yeah, she? Thick yeah, thick thighs and a skinny girl, man. I, was, I applauded evolution at that point. I was like, yeah, both of both, both worlds. Right, so you, it was just as pleasurable for you because she did, she was big in the places that you needed her to be. Yeah, and then she was little at the same time, so it was kind of like a carry-on doll, because I'm like 6'3", and she was like 5'4". Did you say a carry-on doll? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like a carry-on doll. When you're like 5'4", <laughs> anybody that's above 6 foot, you're pretty much an accessory. Right, right, right. pick you up and like walk around with you. I'm like, yeah, right. Now, is she the one that you were started, like, that you were fisting, or did that come into play in like just at the swingers parties? That one came a little later, when somebody asked me to do it. <laughs> And that was actually at a swingers club, too. I got to ask, um, while I was outside smoking a cigarette, uh, that a girl was interested in it. And I turned around and was like, oh, well, if you're interested in it, you know, I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> that takes a lot of technique. I, I've seen videos and, like, instructional videos to it, just kind of, like, brush up on it, just mm-hmm. in case the situation arose. Um, so I, I, I knew how to do it safely. So, yeah, we ended up doing it right there. I put on some gloves and, yeah. In front of everybody. Yeah, everybody was loving it. You loved it, she loved it, everyone loved it. Yeah, everybody was watching loved it. Everybody else, she attracted about like 10 people to that little crowd. Kind of went around me there. Right, now did anyone else fist her too or was it just you? Oh, it was just me. Mm-hmm. And now did you wind Usually, up seeing her afterwards or no? It's like when you do stuff like that with somebody at a swingers club, do you like to exchange uh, numbers? I think that we, we never even exchange numbers. We talk on FetLife, but that's about it. I'm really casual when it comes to sexual thing like it's immunity has like struck me where i'm like hey you might fist me real quick okay cool and then we'll just go play scrabble afterwards yeah you have that vibe just me talking to you i could i totally get that it's just your it's just yeah. your way right <laughs> yeah you're like kind of like, oh, like you want me to help you out yeah 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 how long did the relationship last with the bdsm girl the like the, the submissive uh, like how long were you with her was, uh, yeah that one was two two years now, let me ask you this. When you lose your sub, right, and now you're so into this dominant thing, right, and I'm assuming, like, once you get wired, that, like, the, that kind of shit turns you on. Is it hard to, like, sort of be with somebody without that aspect involved? Like, did you go looking then after that for another girl that was submissive? Yeah, it definitely it definitely bums you out. It, it, it does, um, especially going to that, that kind of field. And then not having one and then being put back in a little vanilla life there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
definitely suck. I wouldn't say like it would it would be a deal killer, but mm-hmm. it would definitely put a damper on. And it wouldn't say that I wouldn't try to push the matter a little bit and be like, "Hey, come watch this this porn I found. It's got this stuff, and I, I want you to watch it. <laughs> right? <laughs> see what your reaction's gonna be." But you um, also had a lot a, of polyamorous relationships, so it's it's kind of like it wouldn't be a deal breaker for you because if for some reason the girl that you were dating wasn't into it, you could go off and find that yeah. every now and then with somebody else, right? Because if, you're not into if, monogamous relationships. Yeah, if that was the if that was the deal too, that's exactly what it would be too. I would go look for somebody that would be kind of strictly for that kind of role, um, just so you get the best of both worlds there. Right. Now, d- when did, like, so I'm assuming you just had polyamorous relationships without even realizing you were, like, polyamorous, right, before that even word came about? Because that's kind of, like, a newish thing, I feel like, now. But when you were just younger, yeah. was it just happening because you were with these people that were super open-minded, and so you were just having I, open relationships? Or was it something that was, like, very discussed, this is polyamorous, and, yeah. like, this is what I want, and you went looking for it? I was actually introduced to polyamory from a, a girl that I was messing around with at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she had just stopped, uh, well, not stopped, because I guess you can't really say you stopped being bisexual or, or, or anything else, but she had went uh, eight years uh, lesbian, mm-hmm. and she was already still messing around with this girl, and um, we hooked up, not sexually, but started talking and stuff like that. She's like, you know, i not normally like this, but I kind of want to have sex with you. We started having sex and stuff. She's like, uh, I kind of have a girlfriend. Do you mind? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, no. And then next one was, uh, I kind of don't want you sleeping with anybody else, so can we date? I'm like, well, you're dating somebody. Oh, well, it's Polly. And I was like, I don't know this, but hold on one second. Google with my friend. Oh, my God, hilarious. You're always doing the <laughs> investigation after the fact. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, one second. <laughs> That's how I ended up like knowing like a vast knowledge of all these terminologies is I get approached with somebody and be like, well, will you help me out with this? I'm a, I'm a this. I'm looking for a primal. Oh, hold on one second. Let me go. Let me go Google. Right. Well, look at you. Were like okay. you, you said you go, had Googled fisting before and you knew like all the right techniques and everything just in case it ever came in handy. <laughs> at least in exactly. that situation, you didn't after smoking your cigarette, you didn't have to go Google and figure out what it was. You were prepared in that <laughs> scenario. <laughs> exactly. To be like, hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got you on that one. You want me to help you out? Right. Cool. So wait. So now so this girl says, let's be polyamorous. And you're like, OK, like you were OK with her having that girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She can go. Do whatever makes you happy. Um, in that kind of uh, scenario, the, the ground rules was it was just us three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, we were never mixed unless it was her. Mm-hmm. Um, so her other girlfriend, I'd never had any sexual anything with her or nothing whatsoever. Well, our just common denominator was that girl. That so she was the one that got to be with her and with you, and but both of you guys only got to be with her. Exactly. Oh wow! Uh-huh. You guys were her bitches. Like that girl she, knew how to. Much, <laughs> she knew what she was doing. Pretty much her on call bitches. <laughs> is pretty much the title. Just so you one. know, you were not the dom anymore. <laughs> no, nope, I definitely took a backseat on that one. Totally, you guys were the submissives. <laughs> and how long did you put up with that shit? Oh, uh, so that one went a little bit ways until I got concerned over her partying. Uh, the other girl was a hardcore clubber partier. Mm-hmm. So she would spend three or four days out of her week going to raves and popping up on Molly and snorting a lot of coke. And then the other girl that I was interested in would be laid up for fucking four or five days recovering from the Molly hits <laughs> and stuff. Oh, my God. Was this when you were like 22? I mean, how old were you yeah. people at this time? This one was like 23, 24, yeah. Right, right, right. That's my prime. So I like I needed it at least, at least maybe like five times a week. Mm-hmm. And she was not producing those numbers, unfortunately. And if I'm being restricted and locked down, you know, you need to kind of pull your end of the deal. Yeah, totally. I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's like a that's like not a good situation for you. So you got the hell out yeah. of there. And then the next relationship was Polly too. Uh, the next one, yep, followed up with a right another folly again. Um, that one was from uh, two girls. So this one was funny. It had two girls that were pretty much at each other's throats trying <laughs> to get with me. What do you mean? And then I don't know what kind of like act of God or something came down and just like inspired people and, and, and helped cure cancer or some bullshit. But both of them came to an agreement that they were cool with a poly. Oh, interesting. So you had two girls that knew you, right? They both liked right. you. They both 
knew about each other that like they both knew about the competition, so to speak. Right. Yep. And they both knew I was having sex with both of them. What is this going down? Like in a bar scene or something? Like how does everybody know about everybody? Like, yeah, that was a bar scene. I was, um, I was actually bar. I was a doorman. Oh, okay. So you're a doorman. These two girls that come to the place both like you. They both know that each other likes you. And somehow they get together and figure out. And do they come to you and say, hey, we figured out a solution to this problem. Like we're both going to date you? Exactly. Wow. You were like, wow. And they're like, you know, we don't like the fighting. We don't like the stressing. We, We don't like you being stressed out over it. So how about we just both date you? And you'll be with with her on the weekends and then you could be with me during the week and so the other won't call when the other one's out with the other one and this will all be unstressful and I was like oh there you do oh my god that was your Friday lucky day so like how great magic. was that for you it was great I got my Friday so I can play magic too so we were good <laughs> so we were all set so, and then but they so they never were with each other or anything. You were literally with one for the weekend, the other during the week, and then you got a break yeah, from both. So, yeah, on Friday I got a break from both so I can do my nerdy magic card stuff. Right. Okay. Okay, that's a whole other story. So you had uh <laughs> so how long did that those two relationships last? Because I mean they were they were not like the same relationship, right? So one could end before the other one did. Like did they both end at the same time or what happened with that? Well, that one it ended because the other one was not being so much truthful with me and trust is a huge thing especially in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. Trust is trust is is god damn key. It's the whole thing. No, I know. I've talked to other people. Absolutely. Um, so she was disappearing at random, random times. And then the other girl was picking up on it and being like, you know, she's not telling anybody where she's going. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so she had brought it up to my attention that that was happening. Well, Florida behold, Britt had a, a side thing um, going on. And another guy. Up, uh, yeah, another guy. And not telling us. Um, okay, but I mean, can you blame only, her? I'm cool with it, mm-hmm. and I'm, I told her at the beginning, like, I'm totally cool with it, but here's the big fish hook in the room. It's either one or two things that got to happen. One, you have to, like, show us that he's not an axe murderer off Craigslist that's going to end up killing, killing you because you have two people in this relationship that cares about you, not just one. So we need to know, A, who are you hanging out with? Where are you going? Like, are you going to be back at this time? If you're not back at this time, could we worry Stuff like that. Well, wait a second. There was the other girl. Those two girls, though, were like, they had separate timetables. Like, they never, like, they cared about each other. Like, weren't they totally, like, one was the week, one was the weekend. So, like, how did they ever intercept with, you know what I mean? Like, they never overlapped with yeah. each other, right? So, what do you mean you had someone else that they cares overlapped about overlapped a couple of times. A couple of times. What does that mean? Um, like, they the were with, part, no. with each yeah, other? Yeah, you're right. In a way that I'm looking at it now is, yeah, um... That other but girl didn't care about her. She, the minute she found out that she was doing something say, yeah, slightly fucked up, she was p- putting so. planting those seeds in your head so you'd get see, pissed off, and she'd see, be the only gonna, one. Gonna, Are you out of your mind? You don't know girls. You don't know girls. Calling her back now and being like, "Yo, <laughs> I had a conversation, and now I got evidence to dispute what you were saying earlier." Yeah, <laughs> and you know what you should do? You should high five her, okay? Because she won that, okay? <laughs> and she should feel well, proud. I mean, come on, duh! Like you didn't get that. She ended up, uh, and here's where it got weird, because this guy that she was coming to pick up, blah, 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 ended up being one of my good friends. You are kidding. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being a, a guy that I actually played in a band with that we jammed. Like, I actually went to his house to play guitar, and he but played But did drums, he, he know? Like, did, like, was it a big secret? Yeah. Like, they both knew what they were oh, doing, that they were playing you? Yeah. And it was this big thing that nobody, me and the other girl didn't know about, but apparently everybody else did. Because after the fact came, they're like, Y'all, dude, she's been doing that for a while. And I'm like, oh my god, they were both me, bitches. Yeah, because otherwise I would have been fine with it. We would just introduce him into it, and then he would be all fine and dandy. And yeah, that's kind of hilarious. Be- well, you know what it was? They both were probably like drunk when they came up with this solution to this problem. Okay, yeah. where they both want to be like- with you. They both probably didn't really want it. The one girl, you sort of, you know 
dealt with it by, you know, waiting for the perfect time to get you away from the other one. And the other one dealt with it by cheating behind your back. And that probably made her feel better, which I could get. Like, people are human beings. You know what I mean? And this shit could go awry so easily because, you know, people's feelings are involved. And when they start really liking someone, I think sometimes situations that people go into thinking they could handle, you know, it becomes a different story once you really start liking somebody, right? And shit gets very messy. Exactly. And it's, like you said, people are humans. They're going to have emotions and stuff like that, too. So yeah, as much as you don't want situation. to. I don't blame mm-hmm. her at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame her in the least bit for what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I would probably do the same thing, too. Yeah she, was, yeah, she was dealing with it the way she could. And for some reason, even though you said you would be cool, and maybe, like, maybe she didn't believe you, maybe she was just doing it to make herself feel better because when you're with the other girl, she felt really insecure. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So. But, Whatever. Well, at the end of the rainbow, they are still together to this day, going six years strong. Oh, see, even more so. Like, it was just meant to be. So that guy and her, your friend, and that girl are yeah. still together to this day. Yeah, to this day. We don't talk, but uh, right, I right. people on Facebook, and they're doing good. They're doing great. And what about you? Like, what's going on with you to this day? So, like, how many other poly relationships do you have after that one? This day, uh, I have one more, and that ended just kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two or three weeks ago, the other girl ended up being wicked, crazy, possessive. And but so, what was the deal? Name. You had two girls again. How did that situation yeah. come about? That one came about. My current girlfriend at the time. It was. It's been a friend of mine for like ten years mm-hmm. that I've known forever. Never did anything else, you know, anything of the sort. But ended up messing around uh, with the girlfriend's permission, of course. Uh-huh. And uh, she ended up with going. Well, why don't we do a poly? Well, me and my girlfriend now are, are I found a vet, another vet that knows terminology and knows how this shit's run and everything else like that. Um, we went okay, but figured out that that's not for her. She, when it comes to polyamorous relationship, jealousy is like the big killer. Totally. If you're a jealous person in 0.1% jealous, polyamorous relationships is not for you. <laughs> right. You have to put yourself in a headspace of looking out for people's happiness and they're happy. And as long as they're happy, it's just that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, or you're dating somebody like in a real polyamorous relationship and you just know that they're happy. This is what makes them happy. This is what makes everybody happy. Wait, but I'm a little bit confused yeah. about how this one came about. You were dating someone and then your friend like came into the picture or you started dating the girl that was your friend and then you decided to meet somebody else. Like what was the setup again? The girl that I was, yeah, the girl I was dating or I'm currently dating right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already dating her, and this other girl came up. And who's the and other girl? Was that your friend that you had been friends with for 10 yeah, years? Yeah, for like 10 years, yeah. Oh, okay. So you and the girl that you're dating obviously had an open relationship, right? Because you started hooking up with your friend? Oh, yes. Uh, she's very, very, very awesome, very outgoing, and, and realizes that uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a one-girl kind of guy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So fortunately for me, she is bisexual, so we, we go hunting. Okay, cool. And now how old, you're 30, right? How old is she? She's 28. Right. Okay. And you know, I always ask my callers this and I I haven't asked you this um, since the beginning. I should have asked you in the beginning. What do you think you are? I mean, you've basically kind of explained yourself. You're over six feet tall. You have like a red mohawk. You have tat. I don't know if you still have that red mohawk, but you have tattoos all over. And you know, what, what would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? One to ten, I'm probably going to go like an eight. <laughs> oh, okay, that's high. You know, listen, I don't know why, but people always are like six or seven. I rarely get eights or tens or nines. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty decent looking, I, I'd say. A little, little confident. <laughs> okay, cool. And what about your girl, your 28-year-old? Oh, she's like at 12. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, cool. So how long have you guys been dating? Uh, we've been dating... For about a year now, I've mm-hmm. uh, been seeing each other for about two, two to three. Where did you meet her? I met her in a kick group. <laughs> I was in a kick group and I was single and she was looking for somebody and I was looking for somebody. And but like what, when you say actually, looking for somebody, like what were you guys looking for? Oh, we, we were looking to get it in. <laughs> we were both <laughs> single people and we were like, all right, this is not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we had... We had planned, and uh, we, I ended up getting there to the house, and it's a funny story because we still talk about it to other couples, too, when they see us at the playground and all these swinger clubs, that um, our first meeting, we, we never really seen each other's faces. 
because she was bent over and I was just going to come in and do it and then pop out. And that, yeah, and you lived out that we, scenario. I mean, you guys planned yeah, that scenario and then you names. did that scenario. Yeah, we didn't even know each other's names at first, the first time having sex. Oh my we God, I feel like that's like so probably like a lot of got like people will hear that and be like, oh, that's like kind of like a hot scenario. Yep, and now we've been strong ever since. Well, some people, <laughs> you might ruin that scenario with that part of it, right? For some people. <laughs> but I think, you know what I mean? Like you sound like, listen, you sound like you're like a relationship guy as much as you're like pretty open and sexually and like, you know, very experienced and you've done a lot of these things. You told me in the email you've been with like over a hundred people, you're, t- you know, and you, so you fuck a lot of people, but you like to be in relationships, obviously. Yeah. She's, she's my special snowflake. I love that girl to death. Right. So even after you go in, which I think is really cool because I think there's so many people out there and women, this is why, you know, because guys will be like, why do women, you know, they won't fuck me like uh, the first, like, why are they playing games and stuff? It's like, because women know, and it's just the truth. And it's an unfortunate thing that a lot of times guys have this weird Madonna whore complex thing that goes down, right? Where they want the girl where they could do like exactly what you just described, you know, but they would never like bring that girl home to their parents. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to date that girl. Like the girl that they want to fucking the girl that they want to marry are two totally different people and they can't put that together for some reason right it's like a lot of guys things and women know that so they're like i think that's why women have to repress their sexuality a lot of times because they're so afraid that a guy won't see you know will see them like as a whore or something right but, yeah and as a as a guy too if you if you put enough work into your relationship you can you can get to the, the level that i'm on right now i mean it didn't happen overnight you have to make your your girl feel comfortable in her own skin and even more so comfortable with seeing you with another woman. So you have to make your girl feel like she is just on the tippity top at all times, Like she is the only one. And this is just a fun thing. And it's just a, what I like to say, it's a toy that you take off the shelf. We're going to play with it. And then we're going to put it back on the shelf. Okay. So let's but, spend the next like 10 minutes to wrap up this call. Like let's like spend the next 10 minutes where you could tell guys like how to do just that. Like you said, it took you a little bit of time and stuff like what did you do and how did you prep your girl and how did you get to the place that you are with this girl like what would your advice be to other guys make your girl feel like the queen of the entire planet you, you need to really put time and invest and, and and really get to know her and get on that level with her and you once again like i said i can't stress enough you, you make her feel like she is the only one and that that could be like little bitty little bitty things give her a phone call uh, at whenever you get a break, even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, you need constant communication, and then you need to open up that actual that door to it of being like, okay, you know, not necessarily they need to be bisexual; they could be straight and doing it too. But it's just it's a lot of work to put into it, and you got to be willing to do it. Most guys they fail because they think that since I got with a girl that's bisexual, she's automatically going to have let me have sex in the same room with another girl. That's not necessarily the case at right. all. Right? She mm-hmm. may enjoy it. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get free reign just because she's bisexual. And I have tons of people I see, and they make that mistake. You can open them up to that with communication. Did you, you open know. her up, or was she that way already? I opened her up to it. She was already, she had had a couple of bisexual experiences, but mm-hmm. not any that she was really pursuing to. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she's right there on the tippity top of the iceberg there, too. She was like, you know what? This is something that you like. You do everything that I like. Let me do this for you. And then she and did yeah. it, and then she eventually became comfortable and realized she likes it, right? Because you said she's very by herself now, so I'm assuming it's something that she's very into. Yeah. Right? And now she, she's into it now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to put that work in. Gotta, yeah, but you know what I think in. the unfortunate difference is? And, but, I mean, like, people can fake it, right? Because some people are good actors. But I think, like, the things that you say that you do, you do because... Maybe you really feel that way. Like, you're not really, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell someone to do all those things that you do, but if it's not really genuine, you know, a lot of guys just don't really sort of think that their girl is like the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, they just, they don't treat them that way because they just don't buy into it. You know, it's just like you have to really feel the way. There are many guys that do have that vibe and that is ultimately, you're very, I'm a woman, right? So I'll tell you, yes, yeah. that is a big thing that women want, right? They really do and it would make them, you know, but I think a certain kind of guy makes a woman feel that way and it's just a kind of guy that likes relationships, that likes women. Like, look, you've been with a lot of open, you, you were like open-minded enough 
to date a porn star like a lot of guys would judge a woman like that so you obviously like not only like to be in relationship i think you really love women and you have a very sort of um like you know a lot of men kind of secretly hate women i think maybe they've had problems with their moms or something i don't know you know what i'm saying or they just don't see them as equal and they don't respect them and there's a lot of like double standards that go involved but like you don't have that kind of stuff you know so you know it's hard to sort of long way what like a woman feels securing it'll go a long way yeah, that's what I, I tell guys out all the time, especially like my guy friends and stuff and like honesty and trust, you know, and I think that a lot of times women aren't sort of doing the things that guys wish that they would because they don't give them those things. You know what I mean? Um, but exactly. I just think, it's unfortunately, if you don't feel it naturally and you don't sort of respect women or think of them as equals or, you know, and, and you're not sort of and you're not judgmental about what they do sexually, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, pull that off because it's not genuine. You know, I think you're genuine yeah. and that's why a, you get it. Or just your happiness. It's, it's, you guys are a team as a relationship. Everybody's happiness. With that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I made a joke about so, this fact that I had a guy on whose girlfriend, he got her to the point where she really was able to say like, okay, we're going to be with, another person and the guy was like you know her one thing is i can't fuck another girl in the ass and he was like that's the first thing i'm gonna do <laughs> because he just wanted to do it because he wasn't allowed do you know what i mean i'm like you're so exactly. dumb and for the girl you should be like all right cool that's i don't have means. to take it let me find this other girl to take it here you go i mean come on but it's just like this is how a lot of guys think you know what i mean even they're just dumb i don't know what that even says about men but so it's like i think it, you could give that mostly, advice yeah your, your, your stereotypical dude is, is mostly after themselves. Unfortunately, I have a lot of, like, the bro-type friends. Yeah. And I don't have many of them. I do have them. They're very alpha male and very. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're on one side expecting another girl, you can't get mad at your significant other where it goes, oh, well, could I get another guy in here? Right. You right. You, mm-hmm. you can't. There's no, you can't. You got to have enough security to know that even if there is another guy in the room, you're still her fucking number one and her rock. So unless you get that mentality, you're not going to be able to handle it. Right. And but you guys, you said like you've been dating her a year and it's not like this stuff came up right away, right? Like this comes up over time and probably through a lot of communicating with each other and open conversations, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And trade porn with your girlfriend. That's that's your advice that we give. What was that? Trade porn with your girlfriend. Don't, oh. don't feel ashamed to trade porn with your girlfriend. And let you her know what you're into, you, you mean. Want. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're into, send it to your girlfriend. It strengthens relationships. I know that's a tricky one too, though, I have to say, because I have a lot of guys calling into my podcast. Like my podcast is a lot about people calling in about their secret lives because, and, and the sad thing is, is they have to be secret because, you know, a lot of times maybe their partner would be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so not into that. And then they'd be like, you know, maybe freaked out that they can. And I just think most people's fear is if they're into something really sort of like, that's like a fetish that maybe not a lot of people are into yeah. that if they told their partner that their partner would get really freaked out and maybe leave them. And I think that that's true, actually. I think some people, because they well, yeah, don't understand it. That's true. Yeah, unfortunately. But I think um, the younger generation is very different. I think they're much more open-minded. Yeah, I'm going to say. Uh, and the other thing is, too, I mean, if you're already in a relationship, chances are you're already taking dumps in front of each other. And if you could take a dump in front of each other, but you can't <laughs> share porn, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, but listen, porn and, like, the fact that you like to wear your wife's panties and smell them is, like, a, another thing. Do you understand? <laughs> like, there's a there's a big, there's, like, people are into a lot of crazy shit. Like, I've had it. Like, I mean, look at the titles of my show. Like, I've I've learned a lot <laughs> from doing my show and talking to we- people. We almost lost a uh, butt plug on a, on a sexual excursion, and so that's why I think I feel like maybe I'm just like really, really, uh, really close with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you just had a, you just ended a relationship with another girl, but like you guys were, how long did that one last with the with the friend involved, the crazy friend? Oh, crazy friend, that one didn't last too long until we were both like, hey, we have a pretty solid thing going on right here. We really don't need this extra drama. Right, because you tried to make it like an emotional relationship, right? Because that's the poly thing, yeah. right? It's not like just sex. This is like you guys actually have a real relationship with the other person. Exactly. Yeah, and then the other one got too attached too quick and rubbed the other one the wrong way. And unfortunately, uh, whatever whatever snowflake says goes. 
Yeah, I don't think I could ever do it. Not because I'm too jealous, but it's like, I just don't think I have enough love to give. I mean, God, like it's enough to give love one person, let alone two. I just, maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. I I would never be interested in that. Everybody is wired differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a very sociable, very outgoing guy. So. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you've been in love, like I would assume you could say that you've been in love with two women at the same time. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it just works out. It just just does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think you could like two people at the same time. I've had a lot of like guys in my life where I wasn't really dating anybody but cared about two separate people at the same time. You know what I mean? So maybe that's not so far off, you know? Plus these poly ones, it just works. Uh, I'm not trying to bash on monogamous relationships, but I would think, I mean, you can go ahead and quote me on this, that the world would be a lot more of a, a non-jealous planet if in relationships you were just allowed to go have sex with me. I know, <laughs> so totally. We, Listen, I say that all. We, I mean, we all dig off of attraction and mm-hmm. pheromones involved and just walking down somebody and saying, hey, boom, this is it. This is the last person you have sex with in the life. It's just cause it's just gonna cause problems because we're human. Yeah, we're and then unfortunately what happens is when somebody else goes and strays, people like end yeah. relationships with people that they really care about and it's really tragic and sad. Exactly. But the sad thing Over... is is it has to start like from like day one. Like I was always like I wish I was born, you know, five hundred years from now when this shit is all normal and I was never fed like retarded scenarios to believe in since I'm a little girl, right? Because then you can't even though you could in your mind know that it 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 shouldn't be that way and it you should be more open minded it's hard to really do it because society has told you something completely different since day one so things have to really change yeah and so if women and i think it's the worst thing this whole situation is the worst for women it pits women against each other it makes them fucking crazy it i think it makes them the weaker sex Lots and whores and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's all terrible for women. People are turning around being like, oh, well, if you're having sex with multiple men, you're automatically a slut. Exactly. Um, no, how about I'm exploring my sexuality because whoever, God or whatever, gave me this thing right here, and it feels good when something's inside of it. Totally. So, but also the woman that's with a guy and then she's got to worry that her friend wants to fuck him and like all this stuff and everything. And then she's with it, a man and then he's like screwing somebody else and she's it, devastated because exactly. she's home with the babies. Like if we all just knew that this happened and it wasn't a big deal because we didn't we were told that from a very young age, it would be knew, fine with it. Yeah, I knew that sex was sex. That's it. Right. It comes down to it. When you're having casual sex, sex is sex. It's literally I mean, it's not in the same ballpark. I'm just going to say it like this. Having coffee with somebody else. And they'd be like, oh, it's been nice. Talk to you later. Right. But it's hard. And I talked to a gay guy the other day about this because, you know, gay men, they're, you know, they're dating other men and men understand that sometimes the sex doesn't mean anything. But women are wired differently. So for them, it's hard to understand that. So, you know, we could talk till we're blue in the face, but these are the problems that have. And this is why, you know, I still get these really great people calling and telling me these really great stories because (laughs) we're not that (laughs) open minded yet. And there's still a lot of crazy things that people are doing behind people's backs that no one knows about and people love hearing about it. So your stories yeah, exactly. are great. When you could do it and just have communication. Just communication. Yeah. Well, you're communication. you're ahead of the rest and, you know, you're a little bit more evolved when it comes down to that. And it sounds like, you know, you're a happy, well-adjusted guy. So, you know, thanks so much for calling in and explaining everything because uh, we talked about a lot. I think we covered everything, right? That was in that email? Well, that's about like 25%, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, go check out my podcast. I always have people on as repeat callers okay. because when, you know, there's other stories that you have to tell that you want to call in, um, you know, I always love to have people back on. If that's 25%, you know, we could do another podcast whenever you want. Oh, not a problem at all. All right, love cool. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. I'll let you know when this airs. It'll be very soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.